Hey guys, before we get into the episode, it blows my mind that we're launching another podcast. And this time, I actually want to feature you guys as a guest. Now, if you're a six-figure entrepreneur who has your own podcast and you listen to the show, I actually want to interview you on our brand new podcast, which is called Six Figure Podcast Rebels. You just need to go to www.top100interview.com and you can apply to get featured. All right, guys, back to the show. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, wow, I really thought I'd be further ahead by now? If so, you are not alone. I've spent the last two years traveling the globe looking for the answers. The problem is, it's fear of failure that was holding me and so many of you back. I realized that no one was telling the real story of entrepreneurship. So I flew to the US, decided to face my fear and go all out to build my million dollar business completely from scratch. But the real question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our online tribe and share the internet's top marketing secrets. My name is Jamie Atkinson, and this is the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement. What's going on, Entrepreneur Junkies? Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Atkinson, the Podcast Junkie. And today, I've got another exciting guest for you. Somebody who is very unique with what he's doing in his space. My guest today is the first person ever to create a six-figure launch around selling hip-hop beats online. He's helped some amazing rappers from Kendrick Lamar to French Montana to Snoop himself. And he's also a Two Comma Club award winner. Uh, He's doing some amazing things in the hip-hop beat space. He also was just interviewed by Andrew Andrew Warner on Mixology Podcast, which is super exciting as well. Please welcome my guest, Gabe Salinger. What's going on, Gabe? Jamie, thanks so much for having me on. Happy to be here. Just really quick, Gabe. Did I get your name right? Uh, Gabe Schillinger. Schillinger. Okay, let me re-record that bit. Man, I always always forget to ask people's name before I do an introduction. Yeah, it's a little tricky one. Schillinger. Okay. Please welcome my guest, Gabe Schillinger. What's going on, man? Uh, Jamie, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Dude, I'm super excited to have you because I kind of came across you uh, the other week because we're both inside Russell Brunson's um, Two Comma Club X coaching program and you were talking about the fact that you just got this amazing interview with Andy Warner and I was like my god that's like incredible I should get this guy to come on my show and what's really exciting is that you know we we speak to a lot of marketing people and one of my first questions to you was hey man are are you a marketing guy or are you a hip-hop guy like which one is it? (laughs) Yeah and the the answer is both and actually I've been a hip-hop guy I've been a music producer and engineer for about 20 years or so started in um, really 2001 and I've been a marketer since I would say 2015 so it was really not until I combined those two things of being a hip-hop producer and a marketing nerd that things really kind of took off for me dude that's cool and well listen on this show especially for all these junkies out there we love to really dig into kind of the real story and what I'd really love to find out is is that kind of journey can you take us from where you got started in 2001 to, to where you're at today yeah I'd love to so for me, you know, I started out in music the way that I thought you were supposed to, which is kind of what was understood at that time, which is that basically the record labels are in control of everything. So my job as a music producer is to basically try to sell my music to the record labels and to the artists that are signed to those records. And so that was kind of the game that I played for about a decade plus. And it's a tough one. It's like, you have to hear no a thousand times. You have to chase down these relationships with A&Rs who are kind of like the connections at the record labels. You have to try and, you know, chase down these artists 
hardest. And um, I actually did pretty good at that game. Not not terrible. You know, I like you mentioned, I've got to work with some some big artists and stuff. Um, and I had songs on the radio, TV, film. You know, I went to Oracle Arena here and saw the Warriors play and heard my song, you know, in the arena. So I had some good accomplishments. And you'd think with that kind of resume that I'd be making some pretty good money. But unfortunately, it did not equal that. It was money was very inconsistent and and mostly non-existent really it was um not even enough for me to pay my bills you know i lived at my dad's house um because i couldn't afford you know to pay my own rent and food and stuff like that uh, until i was about 27 years old and then i was pretty much ready to give up actually on music even though i had you know some of those cool accomplishments a lot of things that would seem to be a success again I, it didn't seem like a viable option for me to be able to support myself or, or anyone else for that matter doing music and so i was pretty much ready to give up and I thought, you know what, why don't I try selling my beats online? And, um, you know, at this point, this is 2015, I think, uh, maybe 2014. I There's plenty of people already doing this. There's a ton of producers selling beats online. I certainly wasn't the first to do it. Uh, I was just a little late to to that concept, but I, but I gave it a try. Um, and I kind of looked at what other producers were doing and kind of tried to do it their way and um, got a couple sales, which was cool. Um, but it was still, it was still frustrating because I wasn't making a ton of money. And that's when I came across the whole ClickFunnels community, came across Russell Brunson, learned about funnels um, and all that cool stuff that we're learning together in that coaching program. And when I started to apply that stuff to selling beats online, all of a sudden everything kind of skyrocketed. And I went from somebody who, you know, had just started selling beats online to now one of the sort of most well-known and most successful online music production companies in the world, because there was almost nobody else applying those strategies to what we were doing. Wow, dude, that's powerful. And and I love to hear that because there's so many people inside, um, certainly in our community, community and who listen to this podcast who use click funnels or are beginning to use click funnels and i think it's definitely going to be interesting to get some insight from you and into what's been kind of working and you know towards towards the later end of this episode i'd love for you to do i guess a little bit of teaching with the audience and maybe sharing some of the tactics because i know you've been doing some crazy stuff with deadline funnels with up viral with like email and facebook messenger but just really quickly because what i want to what i want to kind of dig into is is some of that um that growth and, and change that you had around the about 2014 and 2015 um, because what we, we we really like to talk about a lot is, is building kind of a mass movement and, and understanding how people have done that so just just so I can help everybody understand on the other end Gabe are you selling to um, completely like fresh audiences right now or have you built a community of people that follow and kind of engage with you as you've been growing your company at this point we've got a, a pretty good following you know, I've got a good size email list a good size Facebook messenger list a pretty decent social media following so we're definitely you know, marketing and, and retargeting all of those guys. And, but I'm also running Facebook ads that are reaching new people as well. So, so I'm doing a little bit of both where I have a tribe and also I'm, you know, reaching out and trying to grow that. I'm with you. And when you, and when you first came across ClickFunnels and once you got started in that space, what were some of the big challenges that you faced as you began to kind of build that movement and find your flow and momentum? Um, so yeah, as far as using ClickFunnels, there was at the time really only one other guy that was doing it, a guy named Anno Domini. And so because there was almost nobody else doing it, I didn't have a lot to model after. You know, ClickFunnels, they talk about funnel hacking, which is sort of the concept of, hey, just look what, what's already working and then kind of tweak it a little bit to make it your own and, and why why reinvent the wheel? And so since I didn't have much to model after, that that was a little bit of a challenge at first. I had sort of this one dude, Anno Domini, who was doing really good. Um, and so that was great to have something, but then it became, okay, now I'm learning about all the stuff and I'm seeing, you know, so many people doing it in the info product space or uh, even in e-commerce or different things. And it felt like what I was doing, selling 
beats to rappers didn't quite fit into any of those categories exactly. And so a lot of it was trying to figure out like, okay, how can I apply sort of these concepts to, to this, to something that, you know, when you watch the trainings, it doesn't exactly seem to be addressing it. And so it just became, you know, instead of looking at it and saying like, okay, well, that strategy doesn't work for me because that's about info products or whatever. It was just like, okay, well, how can I make that strategy work for me? You know? Um, so that was kind of my approach to it is like, okay, what, what's, what's the closest equivalent that I have in my industry and what I'm selling to what, you know, let's say Russell is teaching. And then, and then let me see if I can tweak it and make it work. And, and what was it? What was the thing that would, that actually worked for you in the end? I mean, it ended up being a combination of things for sure. Uh, one thing is the concept of, you know, Russell, Russell Brunson talks all the time about putting together a true offer as opposed to trying to sell a commodity. And if you're selling beats online, you are selling a commodity. I mean, there's thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of producers doing exactly what I'm doing, selling beats to rappers online. And if you talk to them, you talk to the community, the the very, it's very common to say like, oh man, the, the market is too saturated. There's no way to make money. Um, you know, there's just way too many producers and not enough people buying. And so um, I lost, sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, oh yeah. So then it was basically we were saying like how to apply click funnels to it, right? Or what, what ended up working? So, um, so one of the things that I was able to do that was different was creating a true off. So instead of saying, okay, I'm just going to sell beats like everybody else does, which is, you know, the instrumentals that a rapper or singer is going to rap or sing on. Let me, let me bundle some products and services together with my perfect customer in mind. So then it became, okay, not just beats, but Hey, I'm also a pretty good engineer. I know how to mix and master, which is like where they record their song. They send me the files. I get the, the levels, right? I send it back to them. So I was like, okay, cool. That's a, that's a service that most producers are not offering. Let me add that in. And then I had another thing that I was doing a strategy that was working for me on Twitter and Instagram, where I was using bots in my own business to automate certain things, you know, to follow and unfollow and send direct messages and stuff like that. And that was working for me as a lead generation process. And I thought, oh, maybe I can white label this and use this software and offer that to my customers. So then it became not only do you get beats, but now you get mixing and mastering. And now I'm going to actually help get your music to a wider audience, which is what most artists want, you know, and then it built from there. And then it's okay, well, maybe I can add an information product and maybe I can add some kind of community. So I built a private Facebook group and it just kept growing and growing of creating a true offer around what, who my customer is and the result I want to get them instead of just saying, here's a thing I want to sell. Let me, let me try and shove that down. That's so important to just have something that's really relevant. And, um, and we've been experiencing that in our company recently, trying to get that kind of perfect offer nailed. So it's awesome to hear about that. And, uh, and I don't know, but just what kind of goes through my mind, Gabe, is that I'm thinking, well, how many, you know, rappers are there out there that are going to be kind of benefiting from your service? And, and is it, so are you going purely after um, kind of more high ticket rappers who are going to be needing those beats? Or is it like more mid-level to lower level kind of rap stars? I, I, I don't really know how that industry works. So, but that's just a question that comes to my mind, you know? Yeah. So really, you know, when I first started out, I was all, you know, I was going for those, those top artists. And really what my business model is now is more going for the up and coming rapper. Um, for one thing, there's a bigger pool of, of them, you know, um, and it allows me to, to, to kind of scale up where I can, you know, what's nice about um, my model, my business model now compared to what it used to be is that it used to be, I would create some music, right? What we call in hip hop called the beat. And then I would sell it to one artist and they would give me some amount of money up front and I'd get some percentage of, of the sales on the back. Usually you can expect that's not going to be right. So, you know, I get some amount of money up front. That's it. That's the end for that piece of music. Now they own it though. The label owns it. Um, with my new business model, what I'm doing is I'm selling a non-exclusive license to use that beat. And so this way, what I can do is I can actually say, Hey, you can use this music. You can create a song 
onto it. You have permission to sell it, distribute it, all these things, maybe with certain limitations. And you understand that I still technically own the instrumental and I can license it to other people. So now that allows me to take that same product essentially and offer it to a lot of people. And so for them, if they were going to buy the exclusive rights, if they're going to be the only one to use that piece of music, I might charge them $1,000, $2,000, and maybe they can't afford that or they want to put that budget toward promotion or something else. Now I can say, hey, for 30 bucks, you get this non-exclusive license. Great. But now I can sell that to a hundred different people. And so it's sort of win-win. They get to save some money. I get to make more money. And um, that's what's kind of allowed me to scale in that sort of, you know, up and coming artist level. Oh, it's interesting. So then, and then you've got room to go upwards from that model as well. You can take people up to, you know, higher levels and higher income as well. Yeah, I could. That is that is definitely something for me. If you kind of look at my value ladder, I, I really don't have a high ticket. So that would probably be something for me to add uh, in the future. Oh, interesting. So so talk to me a little bit about um, kind of how you've gone through this process, because obviously you've, you've got a two comma club award over the last and, and you just recently got that right in the last yeah. month or so. Yep, just so last- congratulations, by the way, because that's such a cool achievement. And as a marketer, we kind of geek out on these things. And it's like, yes, I've made it. I've got my award, right? Like, which is super inspiring. So congratulations on that. And, um, and yeah, and I just want to talk a little bit about that kind of journey over the last couple of months. Um, once you started to find that traction and you had that core offer that worked really well, what did that what did that transformation look like for you? And, and how long do you think it took you realistically with this kind of one funnel to achieve the, the million dollar mark? It took me a few years. It was really a few iterations from basically when I started with ClickFunnels, which was in uh, the end, I think I think November, December of 2015, sort of the end of 2015, pretty much up till now. So what is that, you know, a few years um, of kind of iterating on what is that, what does that funnel look like? And that's something that I've learned to do that I'm, that I'm glad I learned, which is instead of just trying to create a ton of different business models, a ton of different funnels, let me see if I can hone in on this one funnel and keep tweaking it and changing it don't be afraid to change it if it's not working. But instead of trying to do 10 things and do them at, you know, okay, what, what if I focus on this one thing and keep making it better, keep iterating on it, keep improving it, seeing which part of this process works, work on all the different steps of the process. How am I getting leads in there in the first place? Then, you know, what's the what's the nurture strategy once they're in there? What's the emails that I'm sending the messenger, you know, the Facebook messenger messages that I'm sending? What's the first thing I'm offering them? How am I getting them to convert into customers? And then from there, how am I delivering on that? Like what, you know, how, what's the process? process of delivery. How, how smooth is that? How well is that working? And then it's like, okay, now if they sign up for uh, my membership, you know, how am I retaining them as a member? How am I uh, selling them more stuff? How am I upselling them on the next thing? And just kind of looking at all the steps of that process and keep improving those instead of creating a bunch of new processes or a bunch of processes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like continuing to work through, right? Like see it through to the end and get it working and just improving and iterating all of these different versions until you get the the finished product that kind of hits it out of the park. and Gabe, just yeah. just because I'm curious, did it did it take off suddenly with revenue, and all of a sudden you went from you know less to a lot in a short space of time, or did, has it been a gradual growth thing over a longer period of time? So for me, it's been basically since I started in 2015, I've I've basically doubled revenue each year. So it's it's a lot of growth, but it's somewhat steady, I guess if that makes sense. So um, it's definitely sped up because if it's doubling, then it, that's like you know a little bit. Of I mean, that's big, right? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely big. And so uh, I guess a little bit of both where it's it's not like one day it just took off, um, but it's been, you know, continue, continuing to iterate, continuing to do things. Um, and, and I've done a couple different things along the way where, you know, I've had a couple launches that certainly help because that, that adds to it, of course. And that is sort of a, a quick money thing, or I shouldn't say quick money because it was, it was months of leading up of building it and creating, you know, the whole the whole process. But the cart opens on those launches for maybe a week or whatever, and you see a bunch of infla cash. But overall, if I kind of zoom out, it's been relatively steady over the last few years of, of pretty much doubling. And did you have any major setbacks in that time? And and the reason I ask that question is that I often find that when we speak to different entrepreneurs about some of the challenges that they've had along the way, um, especially the really tough stuff, it helps the audience to understand, oh, if, if they're going through that, how they can kind of overcome it really. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yes, a ton of challenges. I can go in a bunch of di- different directions. I'll, I'll say one that really hits for me is sort of um, more more from me, um, which is for me, it's sort of dealing with anxiety. I get really anxious. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll feel this pressure like, oh man, like I have to create this, the next launch or I have to top the next thing or, or I just need to cr- try this new thing. And so a lot of times the thing that holds me back is that anxiety where it becomes sort of this vicious cycle of like, okay, I've got to work on this. Um, but when I think about working on it, it makes me really anxious because it seems so daunting or I feel like I've set this high standard for myself and then I put it off and then it becomes a vicious cycle where I'm, I'm more and more anxious about it. Um, so so that's one thing that I've, I've definitely been dealing with a lot as far as just sort of internally. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely one of the big things. How, how do you get through that? How do you, how are you able to kind of work through and keep moving forward? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I've been able to do a lot, right? Um, so I figured some stuff out um, and I still feel like I have a long ways to go with that where I do feel like that's holding back in a lot of ways. But um, as far as strategies that work for me, a couple little things is like, sometimes it's like, okay, this, this, I have this huge daunting task. Maybe it's creating this new campaign funnel or whatever. It's like, okay, well, what's, what's one small thing I can do? Maybe, maybe even it's, maybe it's the easiest thing. And that way I just start working. I get some momentum and I kind of get out of my head. And um, once I get that momentum going, usually it becomes easier than transition into, okay, let me actually tackle this more difficult thing. If I can just start getting that ball rolling, that that's definitely helped a lot. Um, yeah, no, I know. I, I was going to say, I appreciate you sharing that because it's, it's tough, right? Yeah, for sure. Another thing that's helped for me a lot, um, and this is um, maybe not as easy if you're first starting out, but you know, now I have a team. And so to a certain extent, I can, I shouldn't say certain, in a lot of ways I, I lean on, you know, and so um, that helps a lot where it's like, I know there's some support there where, you know, I have my role and I need to play that role. It's not like I can just sit back and business runs itself, but um, having some support. So whether if that's from my team itself, or if it's being in, you know, like two CCX being in the coaching program we're in and getting, getting some kind of support from, you know, people in the group or the coaches, um, that definitely helps a lot because it, it just reminds me that, you know, I'm not doing this alone. I'm, I have help, whether if it's like literally help, like doing this stuff or help with, you know, here's advice for what's next, or just help with like, Hey, I can relate to that. Um, you know, for me, I got to remember to, to reach out to that because sometimes when I get into that anxious mind frame, I, I tend to isolate. And usually the way out is to actually go out and, and talk to people, talk to my team, talk to, you know, fellow people in my community. And that's, and that ends up helping. Yeah, no, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are in that same position who, who do experience that. I know my girlfriend alone, she struggles a lot with getting anxious and overwhelmed and being able to kind of move forward. Um, have you always been like that, Gabe? Or, or is it kind of a new thing that came about from entrepreneurship? I've, I've always dealt with anxiety for pretty much as long as I can remember. Um, so it's not definitely nothing new. I, I will say certain parts of entrepreneurship have magnified it because there have been times in the past where if I, if I literally just, you know, shut 
down or whatever. And I just didn't do anything for a few days um, because I'm, I'm feeling really depressed or anxious or something. In the past, it didn't really matter. You know, it's not, there, there wasn't a bunch of other people affected. Now the stakes are higher where if, if I just don't show up for a few days, it's a big deal. There's people that are relying on me, whether if it's, you know, my, my team or my customers or, you know, my community or whatever. So it's like, in some ways that magnifies it because it makes the, it makes it more important. And in other ways, it actually makes it easier because that a lot of times is the motivation where it's like, okay, in the past I could just kind of hide out, but now it's like, I can't hide out. Like I already announced I'm, you know, doing this webinar. I already, you know, my team is counting on me. I already have this meeting schedule. I already have, you know, this, my accountability group, you know, in my coaching program or whatever. So um, in some in some ways it magnifies and makes it harder, but in other ways it actually makes it easier. Yeah, it gives you that kind of positive pressure to, to help you to kind of move forward. Um, it, it's funny actually, because teams are so exciting. So what would you say is like one of your favorite things that you do every day with your with your job and your role? Like what's something you really look forward to doing? I mean, for me, the you know, it's funny that I came from the music side. And then once I started learning about marketing and funnels that I now I like really geek out about that stuff. So I, I, I really like both. So I love making beats. I love going to the studio and making these um that's super fun but it's fun for me to build these campaigns to get into click funnels and you know and actually work on the funnel itself and and to to um uh, especially the early phases of a campaign of like how are we going to map it out you know like the whiteboard phase of like okay yeah. what's what's the offer going to be what's you know what's the first page going to look like what's the oto what's the upsell what's the you know what, what are we going to do here what's the email sequence going to look like how are we going to incorporate messenger or text or whatever um that sort of brainstorming of the next campaign is is one of my favorites to do Oh, dude, I geek out on that as well. Like I could just lock me in a room with a bunch of marketers and 1600 whiteboards and like, we'll just be in <laughs> heaven, right? Like, it's such a nerdy thing to think about, but very funny. So I wanted to, I wanted now to kind of switch up gears, Gabe, and for you to give us a bit of a run through, because I know you wanted to share with us today, some of the marketing strategies that you did use for that first ever kind of six figure launch with the hip hop beats. And there's a ton of value that I know you're going to drop and share. Would you be okay to run through that with our audience and, and share kind of your, your, I guess, secrets behind it, right? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So this was last year, um, 2018. And my, so here's here's sort of big picture and then we can go into as much detail as you want. Big picture is I created a contest that um, incentivized other people who entered the contest to bring in more people to enter the contest. And then from there, kind of built that up over a couple months. And then when we announced the winners, at the same time as announcing the winners, we also announced that the cart was open on this special offer that included some of the prizes that all these people were competing to win. So what ends up happening is you've got all this pressure building, all these people want to win this contest. And then it's like, hey, we're going to announce this on Facebook Live, like come join us. And then a lot of people want to watch that. Everyone wants to open that email that says, hey, did I win or not? And then that's when we announced, hey, maybe maybe you won. That's great. But maybe you didn't win. But guess what? This thing that you've been wanting so much, you can actually get it right now at this insane discount, you know, for the next few days. So that's that's kind of like the overview of, of how I did it. And um, yeah, I can get into some of the details. So the first part, was that so for me my audience is rappers and singers so um one of the things that i knew would really attract a lot of people was being able to get a feature from a big artist meaning being able to do a song with with a with notable artists so um last year we got a verse from chris brown um who's you know popular r&b uh artist and so that was sort of the headline of what they could win in the contest they win a, a feature from chris brown they also won free beats for life um you know mixing and mastering promo basically we put together this huge irresistible offer of just everything I could possibly think of of like what could I give you know free beats for life free promo for life you know a song with Chris Brown 
and like, you know, just everything to where like people were going nuts for it. So that's, that was, that was the first part is like, oh, and you get 10 free beats just for entering. So it's like, there's no, there's no reason if you are a rapper or singer that you're going to see this and not enter this contest. It would be like impossible. Right? Hey, you get 10 free beats just for entering? Yes. Yeah. Um, which is fine because again, these are, these are non-exclusive licenses. So it's like, I can give those same 10 free beats to, you know, everybody who enters the contest and they, they understand it, you know, I'm upfront about it. Um, but it's not actually, it's not like I'm creating 10 beats for everybody who entered, you know, we ended up having, you know, I think over 40,000 people enter. So it wouldn't have been quite realistic to be making 10, 10 different beats for each of them. Yeah, dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I forgot for about 12 seconds that we were talking about hip hop beats. And in my mind, you were like, oh, free beats for life. Cool. Like, like, like Apple Beats, right? Like the headphones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, my next question was, how, how did you get that deal that you can send people new headphones for life? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that would that, be that nice. that's, that's called a brain glitch on my part. So no, that's cool. But that's such a that's such an appealing offer, right? You literally take, all right, well, what can we give people that's super sexy that gives them a no-brainer reason why they would want to enter that competition? Because I see a lot of competitions and it's like, win this course or win this free info product. And like, yeah, it sounds good and the value stacks up if you pay full price for all those things but it doesn't always like what's the reason that people want to join in right totally totally so that was the first step is really make it irresistible like you said where it's you know they, they want to enter uh, and then I was you know they're they're opting in through a ClickFunnels page but it was integrated with software called UpViral and what UpViral does is it basically everybody who enters the contest gets their own unique referral link almost like an affiliate and then when they share that link and other people enter the contest through their link they get points you know again it's sort of like an affiliate type of program, but instead of getting revenue, they're getting points for every every person that they refer to enter the contest. And so that's what the contest is. Whoever gets the most points wins that, that grand prize. And so now all of a sudden I'm incentivizing all these artists to share this contest everywhere. And so that was that was the grand prize. But then it was like, okay, I, then I'm thinking like, okay, I want to give, I can't give anybody any excuse not to enter this contest in the first. So I made it absolutely irresistible just to enter in the first. But then now they enter and they say, okay, well, whoever gets the most points wins. I don't know. There's no way I'm going to get the most points. I'm not even trying. So then I was like, okay, well, how can I incentivize them? And then it was like, okay, well, if you just get three people to enter, you get 10 more freebies. So now just about anybody can get three more people to enter, right? And then I think the next step up was if you get 10 more people to enter, you get the next prize. You know, if you get, um, yeah, if you get 10 more people to enter, you get the next prize. And then from there, it was like, if you're in the top 10, you get this, 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 and this. And then first place gets this. Um, so, so basically what I was trying to do is just knock down any possible objection anybody could have to now sharing this contest, whether if it's like, ah, oh, there's no way I'm going to win. Uh, you know, I don't have enough followers or whatever to like, okay, I can get three people. Um, and then even, you know, then there's a thing like, okay, there's sort of this, this cognitive dissonance of like, okay, I'm going to share this with as many people as possible, but I want to win first place. I don't want to share it with the person who's going to win first place. So then what I did is I said, Hey, if you refer the person who wins, then you win also. So again, crushing any possible objection anybody could possibly have to sharing this contest was like, Hey, if, if, if the person, if you refer the person who wins, you win also. So now everybody along the way, whether if they think they can only get three people to enter, whether they think win now have all the incentive in the world to share this contest and what ended up happening was you know in the i think it was about six or eight weeks that we were running this contest um it was everywhere i mean it was all over the place because everybody all these artists were sharing it and so it just became something it became viral it really became something that i could see everywhere and so we ended up getting um something like 40 i think 40 43,000 people to enter something like that um some insane number and we were running facebook ads to it um and first of all we were getting direct you know leads from facebook 
Facebook for super cheap um, because it was like, oh, I want to do a song with Chris Brown. Yeah, of course I do. I think we were getting leads for like 60 cents or something, which is for us is super cheap. Um, and then on top of that, what was crazy is for each one of those 60 cent leads we got, it would turn into, you know, three, four, five leads on average each. So it was actually getting leads for, you know, whatever the math is on that for, for pennies, you know, so that worked really, really well. So now we're building up all this pressure with, you know, that contest is everywhere. Everybody's sharing it. That's going for that six to eight weeks or so. And then we start, you know, announcing like, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to be announcing the winner, uh, you know, in a week or whatever it is. And so that becomes now everybody wants to know because we're not, we didn't have like a, a, a leaderboard or anything so that they knew. So it was, so nobody knew, nobody knew if they were winning, they didn't know what place they're in. So everybody wanted to tune in live to see if they won. And so we did this big event around, you know, we did a Facebook live and um, of course we're doing email blasts. We had everybody opt in through Facebook messenger as well. So now we're hitting them on messenger. We're heading on email. Like, Hey, if you want to know who won, come watch this Facebook live. Um, we got a lot of people watching that Facebook live. And that's when we announced, Hey, for the next seven days, I think it was seven. Yeah. For the next seven days, um, you know, you can get this beat pack, you know, this, these hundred beats for $17, which was one of the things in the, in the contest, basically every beat that we made that year. So, Hey, you know, the, one of the biggest things that they would want most from this contest, you can now, you can buy it right now for dirt cheap, you know, for like literally 99.9% off, you know, what it would normally cost if you were to buy each of those beats individually. And so it becomes like, now we've got all this pressure built up. All these people are watching. They're hearing about this. Now another irresistible offer, like 17 bucks for like, that's insane. Um, And then from there, you know, we're sending out emails and stuff in case they've missed the live of here's who won. And by the way, here's this, you know, here's this open cart for the one. Gabe, how many people were on that live? Do you remember at like the peak of it? <sighs> I'd have to look at it. I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm actually not sure. It's probably, probably, I think we probably got a few thousand, you know, I, wow. I don't know. Exactly. Um, and then ultimately a lot of people ended up seeing it because we, um, you know, we drove traffic to it from the, e- you know, the first email that we went out is like, hey, see if you won, click the link. And then we, we sent the permalink of that Facebook live, which helped get it going. And then we also put a little ad spend behind it after that as well, um, where we were retargeting anybody who had, um, you know, entered the contest so that they would see that Facebook live video. Um, and that worked really well because now there's all this social proof. There's so many many comments and likes and shares and stuff on that video um, that that sort of became viral in and of itself. And now we've got this cart open, you know, for the next seven days. And it's this, you know, again, this irresistible offer. And then from there we have, you know, it's this whole funnel process where they have, yes, you can get, you know, the hundred beats for 17 bucks, but then now there's also another option where you can add, we call it the unreleased pack where it's like, Hey, you're getting all the beats we made this year for 17. If you want, we have our secret vault of the beats we haven't even released yet. You can add that on for another 25. And then it's like, Hey, by the way, you're getting, you know, so that was sort of the two options on the first. And then there was a order form bump of like, hey, the, the licenses, the non-exclusive licenses that's giving you permission to use this music is is somewhat limited. You can use it, but there's limitations. For another 47 bucks, check this box, you know, the order form bump, and we'll we'll upgrade your licenses. So now all of a sudden it went from 17 to where they could add 25, they can add another 47, and that's just on the first page. Then we had, you know, an OTO after that, which was a beat pack and a whole offer around that. Another OTO, another beat pack, a whole offer around that and then an offer the third OTO was an offer to join our membership at the sort of premium level um, if they if they joined then that was the end of the funnel if they said no there's a downsell to join sort of our lowest level membership at a discount and that was that whole funnel and so that was from that we did I think it was about two hundred and three thousand uh, dollars in it was really a total of about eight days wow that's insane right and the, the the big kind of key thing that reaches out to me about that is it's like all right you figured out what was that irresistible 
irresistible offer that stood out to your specific market to the point where it was an absolute no brainer for people to share it. And then you've got highly relevant people on that email list. And Gabe, one thing I want to, I want to dig into, um, because that whole strategy is gold. I'm like furiously scribbling down notes through this. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's, that's really smart. And congratulations by the way, cause it sounds like you absolutely pulled that off and it worked really well. When did you, when did you do that promotion? When was it? That was Black Friday, uh, 2018, November, 2018. Okay. And talk to me about that list. Cause you had 43,000 people that, that kind of signed up. Um, I, I've heard people say sometimes that email lists that come from contests aren't as, you know, engaged as regular lists. So what was that, what was that evolution like? So from your list from there, cause I imagine that probably doubled or, or even like <laughs> took over massively what your list was at that stage. What's the process been for continuing to monetize that list and, and engagement rates and things like that? What did you see a drop in the amount of people that were opening emails? What, 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 what was the kind of revelation from that? And I hope yes, you don't mind sharing. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to share um, for sure. any of that. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a great point. Contests can be really bad um, as far as diluting your list, right? Because especially if the whole contest is to get people to enter, you're going to get people who are going to ask their mom, their grandma, you know, create a million fake accounts, everything that's that, that they can to try to win the contest. So the first thing I'll say is if you're, if you're running a contest, first of all, make sure that the, the prize is highly targeted to your audience. If you're just giving away, not to confuse it, but let's say Beats by Dre headphones, you know, if you're just giving <laughs> yeah. away an iPad, if you're giving, you know, something like that, a MacBook, then everybody in the world wants that. So first of all, make sure it's highly targeted to your audience. Only. The only, the only person who's interested in beats, the type of beats I'm talking about, you know, in hip hop instrumentals and a feature from Chris Brown and all this kind of stuff is somebody who's a rapper or singer. So that's first of all. Um, then what I did, um, second of all, there, there's a couple of things you can do. One is you can create like a, uh, they call it like a double opt-in where at least somebody who enters has to verify their email address. That would be one thing that, that can help. Another thing that helps is built into up viral, they have some um, things to safeguard against that. So for example, if they see that somebody is signing, if they're getting more than one entry from the same IP address, they'll flag that. Um, and so there's a couple things built in. Now I did something else that also really helped for me and also um, really grew my Facebook messenger list, which has been great for me. So what I did was I had them first on the opt-in page, they enter their name and email that takes them to page number two, which gives them the instructions for the contest. Here's how to win. Here's your link to share. Um, by the way, before you can get your 10 freebies that you got for entering, click this button to verify your email address, Facebook message. So here's, here's what I was doing there. Um, basically by them clicking that button, I was using many chat and I was using, they called a ref URL. They click that button that takes them into uh, Facebook messenger. And then it says, Hey, what's up? Um, please enter your email address to verify your entry into the contest. And then from there, when they enter their email address in many chat, I'm using Zapier to send that email address into MailChimp, what I'm using currently as my email autoresponder and it adds them in there. Or if they were already on my list because they'd opted in, then it now adds a group that puts them in a specific group that, hey, they did actually opt in both through messenger and email. And then what I, basically what I had them do was if um, they didn't do that, if they, let's say somebody just opted in with their name and email, but MailChimp never got the message that, hey, they're now added to this group where they did it in messenger, they would get a sequence in MailChimp over the course, uh, you know, from email over the course of about two weeks or so that would say, hey, make sure you, uh, you, you know, verify your, your email, your email address with messenger, you know, hit this button, you know, and then it would sort of get increasing like, Hey, are you sure? You know, don't forget you have to do this. And then by, and it was sort of like build an intensity by the end, it was like, Hey, we are going to unsubscribe you and disqualify you from the contest. If you do not click here and, and, uh, verify your email address with face mask. So then what happens is if people did put in a fake email address or they weren't opening up those emails after that sort of two week, um, sequence play, ran its course, they were 
actually automatically unsubscribe. So it did two things. It helped to, you know, keep the list relatively clean. And it also helped because everybody who wanted to enter that contest now had to opt in through Messenger. So I was able to grow my Messenger list uh, really big at the same time. And Messenger is great because the open rates are insane. And um, so that ended up being really effective. That's really smart. So not only did you figure a way to kind of cleanse the email list, you also figured out another way that you could retarget and market to them at the same time. That, by the way, like out of everything that you said so far, that is gold. I'm like, wow, if you weren't listening to that, rewind and listen to that for another minute because that right there is is genius. I, I'm really impressed by that. That's a really, really smart tactic. Um, so so talk to me about this next level because um, from that point, you kind of blew it out of the water with this amazing offer. We're using UpViral. Um, we were doing kind of all of these different marketing sequences. When it came to announcing the competition, because this is where so many people, you know, and excuse my French, they fuck it up. Uh, in terms of like going from, hey, here's my announcement to here's the offer that we were putting out there. What did that process look like for you? You're saying from the announcement of the contest and how did I transition into the announcement of the card is open for the launch? Yeah. So from the point where you said, hey, I'm going to um, announce the winner to opening up the car. What did that process look like? Oh, it was so, you know, from the beginning of the contest, we had we had the date of, hey, the contest is going to end this day and we're going to announce winners on this day. So from, you know, two months before, as soon as they entered, they knew, hey, whatever day it was, I'm off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Let's say it's, you know, November 12th, we're going to announce the winner. So like we're we're letting them know that the whole time. So hopefully they're, they've got that circled on their calendar because we want everybody to be watching that because that is when we're going to announce that the car is open. Um, and then the way that we kind of did the announcement was basically the the way that I framed it was, you know, first, you know, hey, thank you guys so much for joining or thanks for entering the contest. We got such a great response. You know, we appreciate you guys, all that good stuff. Um, and, you know, we thought, hey, we're, we're about to announce the winners, but like we want everybody to be a winner because we we just appreciate you guys so much. So we put together this this offer where even if you didn't win, you can actually get this part of the contest that, that you know, you really wanted. And, you know, we can't quite afford to just give it away for free. We're basically doing the next best thing of giving it away at this super discounted rate, um, but you can only do it for the next few days. You know, so that was kind of how we made that transition. I'm not sure if that's answering the question. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, because it's like, how do you make it sound kind of organic to your audience, right? Because a lot of people do think like, oh, it was always planned, like they're always trying to sell it, as opposed to the way that you positioned it is it's like, oh, wow, they're doing us this massive favor and they're really helping us out. And now I feel like, oh, they've gone the extra mile to make sure that I can be kind of delivering on what it is that I was after, right? So it's that different kind of mindset. But it's a very, you know, thin line to walk, right? It could be very easy for it to go the different way. So so Gabe, I'm 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 conscious that we've only got about five more minutes for this interview, but I still I'm loving all the stuff that you're sharing. So talk to me about the the next evolution for your company from there. So you had this amazing launch, you did the viral thing, um, and you had a bunch of people that came in through that competition. What did you do after that to continue that kind of momentum? Did you plan another one did you you know transition to a different type funnel what, what was the next step for your company yeah so for for me you my sort of overarching goal is to get people into my membership i want to get them into continuity i want them subscribing to to, to us so so everything is always kind of focused around that um you know w- with those launches kind of exceptions but not really because like i mentioned the o- one of the otos is to get them into that membership and then if they don't join the membership then now you know shortly after that's when we're starting to do more sort of um um, I guess you call them like indoctrination type of emails where it's like letting them know why this membership is so great, you know, and, and encouraging them to enter. So that's d- uh, to join the membership. And then also, of course, just just providing value, you know, sending out messages that are just like, hey, here's some tips that are going to be valuable to you. You know, it positions me as an authority. It, it creates some goodwill from them. And then, 
then um, and then let them know, hey, you should join our, our membership. Um, so that's what most of the focus is on basically throughout the year when it's not when we're not in the middle of either a contest or a launch. Something. I was getting to into that. No, that's really smart. And um, and I've loved this whole interview, by the way, because it's been so useful in terms of tangible value. And I feel like you've really kind of shared a lot. And and what's interesting is that it's not that difficult. You know, the, the biggest thing about what sounds like made you very successful, Gabe, is that you understood your market and you gave them that perfect offer. But in terms of the kind of tactics and, and kind of how to put it out there, you know, I think people get wrapped up in the tactics all the time. It's like, what funnel do I use? What, you know, kind of contest do I do? That model that you just talked about there is, is very simple. You don't really have to divert much about from what you did to have success, but you had all of the pieces lined up. But the key thing that made it successful was understanding that audience and understanding what offer would grab their attention. So congratulations, because that's so difficult to nail. But I hope that people listening to this can can take that and really um, get inspiration from it to say, wow, so Gabe was giving away that, that and that for his audience. How can I do an offer which would be equally irresistible, but specific to my audience? And, and it's opened up a part of my brain where I'm like, well, what can I do for people who are interested in podcasting? Like what offer would really grab them? Like what interview can I give away for them with, with, with which individual and how would that look amazing? Um, so I, I think that's really interesting. And I really appreciate you kind of sharing all of that deep insight. One thing I want to know about now is like, what does the future look like for you? So do you have like a five-year vision of what you want to try and achieve in your life? Well, five years, I don't know. I mean, five five years ago, I barely was a marketer, right? So I don't know, five years sounds like a long time. But I can tell you the next thing I'm working on right now, um, which is a little bit different, but related is actually teaching other producers like me this whole process, teaching them about marketing, teaching them about funnels, teaching them about launches, all, all this good stuff. So that's, that's sort of the next chapter at least. And um, actually, I, when we're recording this, I'm doing my first ever webinar tomorrow, first webinar I've ever done in my life tomorrow to to sell to basically pre-sell sort of the the beta launch of that course. So um, wow, that's kind of the next, exciting. Yeah, I know, exciting. I'm ner- I'm so nervous. <laughs> But um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like freaking out about it. But it is exciting um, because I do, you know, as you can probably tell, I love to geek out about this stuff. I, I you know, this stuff is fun for me. And um, so that's going to be the next thing for me is now taking it from, you know, continuing to do it myself in my own business, but also creating a business out of teaching other people how to do what I've done. So that's sort of the next thing. And I think potentially there could even be a higher ceiling on that, on sort of being in the education space of teaching these other producers, maybe even then my, my beat selling business. I, I don't know. Again, I'm having I think the huge potential there, right? Because the education industry is huge. You're basically showing other people how to make money. And, you know, you can see that it being easy to go to that higher price point, right? Like you've got an easier way to get to that $25,000, $30,000 coaching packages and, and you can kind of blow it up there. But I think that's really interesting because there are going to be a bunch of people out there who could, even if they're not in the hip hop space, who aren't, you know, producers, people who have that technical skill set and who will be able to push it to the next level. So I think that's a really interesting product and don't worry man you're gonna crush it like if if this interview is anything to go by like you'll you'll have no problem at all you know you'll get in the flow you're in your passion space so i think it's gonna be absolutely fine so dude you're clearly crushing it congratulations with everything you've achieved and congratulations again for the interview with andrew warner that was absolutely incredible it's really a testament to all the hard work you put in that people are recognizing you and and kind of bringing you onto their show so i just want to say you know congratulations and really great work on everything that you've done and my my kind of last question to you is 
you know, with all the success you've achieved and, and congratulations with all of that, what do you think the next big challenge for you uh, is in your business that kind of this year? Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate that. Um, as far as the next challenge, I mean, the webinar I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a big um, that's for sure. I'm, I'm like really nervous about it. But, um, you know, that I think that will be the new challenge is how can I take all this stuff? You know, it's it's one thing to be able to do it. And then it's another thing to be able to talk about it, which I can, you know, I can talk about a little bit, but to actually be able to teach it um, and to be able to sort of boil these things down to a framework to where somebody who's not a marketing nerd who hasn't been, you know, immersed in this world for the last few years can actually take that information and apply it to themselves. That that to me is going to be the next is How can I actually, um, you know, break this down into into frameworks into into bite-sized pieces into something that um that's actionable you know for for other people like me so that you know now they can start having these big successes that that's sort of the next amazing well thank you so much for sharing gabe and before we before we finish the interview is there anything that we haven't talked about today that you think would be valuable to share with the audience man no i think this was great um i I really appreciate you having me on i'd be happy to come on again if you ever you know want me to talk about something else I, i would be super interested especially you know we get some guests that come on and you and you don't always want to retouch base but i think i would be super interested to bring you back on maybe in the future especially as you go through these changes and accelerations in your business to bring you back on and see what's happened since the last one i think that would be really interesting and for anybody listening gabe if somebody wants to follow along with what you're doing or maybe somebody wants to come into this program that you're talking about how do how do people find out more information about that yeah so if you um if you happen to be a hip-hop producer and you're listening to this you can go to legionproducers.com um, and get some information about that. If you happen to be a rapper or a singer, you can go to legionbeats.com slash free. And if you're not either of those things, a rapper or a producer, you can go to both of those, especially legionbeats.com slash free. That's much more built out. If you just want to funnel hack me and see how I've got all this stuff set up, um, then go check it out. Take a look, see how I've got everything sequenced. You can see some of the stuff that I've talked about. You can actually kind of see it in action and see how you might be able to apply it for yourself. I'm with you. And are beats relevant to sell to podcasters? Definitely. Actually, that wow. is, actually, you know what? Yeah, you might, you, for sure relevant. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you guys need some uh, some music for your for your podcast, you know, hit me up. Let me know that uh, that Jamie sent you, and I'll I'll hook you up. Dude, that's awesome. And uh, is do you post much on social media about your journey? Can people follow along with you there? Yeah. So if you go to at Legion Beats on Instagram, that's a good place to follow. Um, I'll leave it at that. I've got a bunch, but that's probably the main one to to go check out. Legion Beats on Instagram. Amazing, Gabe. Well, listen, I'm super grateful for you being on the show. You've dropped a ton of value today, which I know if people apply. And this is my challenge to you guys if you're listening. If you think this was useful today and you're like, wow, Gabe's done that. I could do that in my space. Go out and do it. You know, literally take his template, figure out that offer, reach out to me if you need some support because I'm happy to help you and give you that guidance. Go go put it into action because there's one thing listening to episodes. It's another thing entirely to take that concept and to go and crush it in your space. So definitely go and crush that guy. Gabe, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you. I would love to bring you back on in the future. And um, yeah, have a great day, man. And, and good luck with the webinar tomorrow. Thanks so much, Jamie. This has been awesome. I appreciate you having me on and uh, I'll report back. I'll let you know how it goes. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, 
download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high-ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.